Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined on a Tuesday by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? Is it Tuesday? It is Tuesday. I'm okay. I don't know the day of the week, but yeah, yeah wait, okay. Tuesday, got it, got it, got it. You're got in back a back from Vegas. You're in a spin cycle. <laughs> that is exactly how I feel. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and Tracy. Then tomorrow, leave for beautiful Sacramento. Actually, I like Sacramento. Let me let me take everyone through Tracy's itinerary, uh, your itinerary. You being you, that's uh, me. You you went to Vegas. I'm here. La- you went, were in Vegas last week. Uh, yes, covering, Wednesday. Covering all of those games, getting there the day before. Um, so you covered Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then drove back from Vegas. And did he go home? No, no. Tracy <laughs> did not go home. Tracy went to UCLA to the Men of Westwood event. Which he covered, and now I, I'm frankly, you should be thankful. You get you get a couple of days at home, and and <laughs> then uh, you have the opportunity to travel to Sacramento tomorrow. Yeah, my wife did was not going to wait at UCLA because I had to get there early for the Selection Sunday event. So she drove all the way back to Westlake Village and came back and got me because <laughs> she had she wanted no part of being there. She wanted to do laundry, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, the laundry was just burning a hole in the car. I bet. I bet. I bet. Literally. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. It's a whirlwind. It, it. You know. It's like. What did you call it? A it's spin a cycle. cycle. A spin that's cycle. So funny. And then. So that's our theme. Is laundry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dave. There are a lot of people. Really funny. A lot of people came up to me, and. Um, First off, uh, I'm just sitting, you know, because everyone's milling around at the same couple of casinos, right? Right. For Pac-12. And people would turn and say, I recognize your voice. Yeah. So they got the voice from the broadcast. Yeah. So their first thing is, um, God, I get your voice. It's really recognizable. You have a distinctive voice. Oh, thanks. I love what you guys do. Love it. You guys are really good. You're entertaining. I know all about earwax. Um, <laughs> what's Dave like? What's he doing? <laughs> I can't. I can't really. I, I can't really. You know, grasp it. I can't like really give the full perspective on Dave Woods in just a bar in a couple of yeah it takes a lot yeah there's there's just there's there you know ogres have layers onions have layers you know I got to the point I I got it asked like three times I just said you know that new um software that's in all the news right now where you can simulate someone's voice yeah yeah I go Dave quit like five years ago (laughs) yeah no I'm not actually here anymore this is actually Tracy is writing this this is all scripted Yep. I'm I not have, a human. I have dual personalities. Yeah. It's great. It's it's good work. Thank uh, you. Well, Tracy, last week in Vegas, uh, in between informing people that I am a hologram, uh, you watched a lot of UCLA basketball um, in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, this was uh, pretty crazy. Um, so UCLA going into the tournament was without Jalen Clark. Then uh, at halftime of what was it the Oregon game or not halftime a few minutes after halftime yes in the Oregon game uh, Adem Bona uh, whirling dervish of a man absolute freak cat like agility 
throws himself on the ground yet like again. Spin cycle of a man. Yes. Throws himself on the ground after getting I mean, first, this hasn't been highlighted enough. Getting after a ball on the perimeter that he had already poked away because he was guarding somebody like he himself was like six two. Um, and then dives at this ball that he had no business even having a chance at um, and gets the ball, runs out of bounds, but in the doing um, uh, hurts his left shoulder. Um, and so he's out from uh, about the 16, 17 minute mark of the Oregon game through the entire Arizona game. Now, Tracy, me sitting at home, you sitting in the stands might have been like, oh, OK, well, this was kind of a useless endeavor anyway. They should just pack it up and call it a day. Um, cuz they're not going to they're not going to win this game. This is this highly competitive game with Oregon down Adembona, who's the only one who can match up with Nefali Dante. They're not going to win this one. And then they're even if they do somehow, you know, heart of the champion the whole thing. They're certainly not going to play a competitive game against Arizona. I mean, how are they going to do that? They've got two giant bigs. Uh, in Azulis Tabellis and uh, Umar Balo, what are they going to do? Match up Kenny Nuuba and Mac Etienne against those guys and play a competitive <sighs> game? Yeah. C- come on. And then, of course, they do just that. There's a lot to be said for coaching. Yeah, who knew? When you can just plug guys in and uh, they're, they've been developed so well and there's a system in place that they can achieve like like that. I mean, what they did to Oregon – in that second half. I mean, okay, yeah, Tiger Campbell. But the defense was still <coughs> pretty phenomenal. Um, and that was with mostly with Mac Idiot, who has not played that much this year. No, yeah. Um, the Arizona game, for everyone I know who was there knows this, it, was, it is an intense scene <laughs> um, for that final. Uh, there is... There was so much energy coming off that court uh, from the players, the fans, the the uh, the benches. Dang, it was it was pretty intense. Uh, but you would, I think, a lot of you know, going around looking at all the different national pundits and who they're calling, who they're picking to win the NCAA championship. Some of them are recognizing that Jaime Jaquez and Tiger Campbell have that the right stuff, and you saw it in that game mm-hmm. um, that they were so composed. They've done this before, you know. They've been they are toughened metal at this point, and you know there's a lot to be said for the system plugging in the next guy up. They're well coached. And you got those two guys leading the Bruins. Uh, I mean, right now, having if I had watched this tournament and Jalen Clark and Adem Bono were there, and then having watched all the other tournaments sitting in a sports book from early morning to late at night in Las Vegas, after watching a lot of college basketball during the season, I think I would have picked UCLA to win it all, not even as a homer. Um for all of those reasons. I think right now I'm still picking them to go deep. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's, um, and that's the thing is I, I still would pick them probably to go pretty deep. The thing is, if they don't get a Dem Bona back, it's just, 
Whoa. There's just it's it's hard to picture Kenny Nwuba and Mac Etienne being able to play even 35 minutes consistently. I mean, they're just they haven't uh, Nwuba's played enough, but he's still a foul machine, and Etienne has not played enough. Um, but that being said, I mean, what what Tiger was able to do in the second half of Oregon, um, what Amari Bailey was able to put together in the the third game against Arizona, what they were able to do collectively defensively, just the team defense, like some of that weave action from Arizona and just UCLA just constantly tracking it perfectly, perfectly, perfectly. Um, and it didn't matter who was out there. Just uh, so well coached, so studied on okay, these are the guys you can allow to be open from three, you know, and these are the guys you can't, and then executing it perfectly. Like, oh, yeah, if Tubelis wants to sit back there and rain threes, let him go. Um, And uh, sure enough, he shoots a three that literally gets lodged between the rim and the backboard. Um, Just, you know, they're going to scout teams really, really well. And I think Mick Cronin, I think we've noted this before, but – when his back's against the wall, uh, he really brings it even at a better level. Um, and I think we saw that in this these games, and I think we're going to see it in the NCAA tournament. Man, there was so much going on. I mean, from the Hep Cronin thing, that that video, <laughs> the video I was taking at the of the press conference, that that was pretty dramatic in itself. Yeah. Um, so much going on. Uh, you know, Arizona fans, they're a unique breed, right? I mean, they are intense. They, there are, throughout Las Vegas, like there's a place called the Beer House that's just literally steps from T-Mobile. Uh-huh. There, there were thousands yeah. of them there uh, on, I think it was Thursday. Um, they're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and good on them. I mean, give them credit, but... As a group, they can be a little combative. It's like say. if it's like if Mo Eisley had a basketball team. <laughs> um, no more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Okay, you went there. What? Um, yeah, yeah so it was it was intense all the way around. Um, so let, let's say uh, UCLA's in the Big Ten, which it will be. Do you schedule Arizona? Uh, I was on the opposite side heading into this, but I think there's just too much of this crap now. Um, yeah, I, so I've been a Arizona UCLA aficionado for quite a long time. Uh, you have been. Yeah, I, I, I've been a big fan of the rivalry for a long time. Seems like there's been a lot more of this kind of BS of late. Um, you know, I remember a lot of really good games between Howland and latter stage uh, Lute Olsen. Um you know, there, there's been a lot of really fun matchups between these two programs when they're good, but the last, I don't know, eight to ten years feels like it's a lot more full of this kind of stuff, which um, I think it generally falls down on. For UCLA, you've got you've to perceive value to continue to do this. And if, you know, Tiger, mom, Tiger Campbell's mom is getting harassed. <laughs> Tiger she, mom. Yeah, Tiger mom. If Tiger Campbell's mom is getting harassed when she goes to Tucson, if Mick Cronin's dad is getting, you know, bullied in the stands by some kids from Arizona, um, you know, if, if all that stuff happened, if, if Mac Etienne is getting prosecuted for basically 
The same behavior we're now hearing about from these fans uh, who are basically walking around scot-free, where's the value for UCLA? Like, where is it? Because they're going to be in the Big Ten where, as as eye test bad as that league is, uh, the eye test is not what matters. Uh, Chock full of quad one opportunities. What's the point of playing Arizona? Um, I, I, that's the big thing. What is the point to to um, perpetuate the rivalry? But does UCLA need it? UCLA doesn't. Arizona and, does. And why bring Arizona into Poly Pavilion? Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, like, I'm a I, I, with these sorts of things. I'm I'm a traditionalist. Like, I don't think it's great that UCLA is going to the Big Ten, but um, there's there's a reality that there isn't much value for UCLA, and there's like a lot of soft reasons not to, because I think there are a lot of bad feelings. I think there's a lot of bad feelings from Mick Cronin. Um, I mean, just look at like his reaction to what you know in that press conference. Like, I, I could pretty much bet when you mess with Hep uh, that Mick Cronin's is it would take a lot and probably a bit of time for him to want to schedule Arizona. Yeah, I would say. Well, and it's just you don't want to have to like go to games where you feel like you need a bodyguard. Like it's just. I don't know. It's it's um... and you know the the regrettable thing is I, I think I've, I've told the fans I've known Tommy Lloyd twenty years. I mean I've been friends with him. You know I used to do the West Coast basketball re- recruiting thing for the network, um, so I knew all the assistant coaches pretty well. We hung out, and Tommy's always been great to me. Um, I think he's kind of a class individual. Uh, he always gives UCLA a lot of credit in the post game interviews. When I've talked to him personally, he's he's gracious and very complimentary of UCLA. Um, so it's it's regrettable that, you know, there's a, a respectable coach there too and they wouldn't be able to, per, per, you know, prolong this rivalry. Oh, it'd be way easier to make this call with Sean Miller over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sean Miller and, and, and Mick are friends though. Well, they, they weren't always, let's say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Back in back in Xavier, Cincinnati. Days. I'd say recently, in the last few years, they are. Yes, um, as they've matured, as they've matured like fine wines. Um, but uh, yeah, Mick I, is friends with all the. I mean, if you were gonna like create, if you if you were gonna make a movie and it was all, uh, you could cast the it's a it's a mafia movie and you could cast coaches and coaching staffs and people associated with like AU basketball, Mick would definitely be in it, right? He'd be like the Peaky Blinder guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's friends with all the other cast members of this Mafia movie. Yeah, Sean Miller's definitely in a Mafia movie. Oh, 100%. No question about it. I mean, everyone he's friends with. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, Sean Miller is like, uh, he's like Joe Pesci in Casino. Oh, Joe Pesci. That's, That's a good call. Yeah. Yeah, no, just ready to ready to explode at any given moment. Um, so anyway, we've gotten a little far afield. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm now on the side. Don't schedule Arizona again if you can help it. Uh, maybe they can start it up again in like five or six years. Um, but there's no real need. Um, wait, the number one, Bob Huggins, my God. Oh, Huggy Bear, <laughs> Huggy Bear. <laughs> Oh my God. Huggy Bears, he's, he's, he's the ringleader. He's the ringleader. Yeah. Um, so 
but that I, I mean, I just want to settle on that Arizona game a little bit more because it. I, I don't. I don't think people are properly like. I mean, I think everyone was pretty proud of the team after all that, but the defensive job they did in that game. Um, it might have been the best defense of the entire year. Uh, hell, it might have been one of the best defensive performances of Mick Cronin's time at UCLA, uh, given what they were working with and um, uh, what team they were facing. That's the number four offense in college basketball this year. And they held them to, I think it was just over 0.9 points per possession, which is elite. So generally speaking, if you're holding a team under 0.9, that's um, – top 10 stuff and if you're if you're scoring over 1.2 that's top 10 on the other end um and they held them to uh, let me let me pull up the exact number because yeah they held them to 0.91 uh which is crazy given what they're doing and um a huge part of it was just completely limiting uh Balo's ability to catch the ball cleanly um, and held him to 26 minutes. They actually pulled him at one point because he was so ineffective, and they made it a super inefficient night for Tubelis. Um, and then wait, uh, keep going. They held before Ramey hit that three. He had he had scored zero points. And 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 Kresa, Henderson. I mean, I think Kresa hit, hit a three. Yep. But he shot like one of seven or something. And and Henderson, those three, they shut down. Yeah, they were not getting clean looks. They were not getting unpressured looks. Um, and they basically said, okay, Pella Larson, if you want to take over and do something, you can. And he's not the guy who's equipped to do that. But it was such a perfectly designed game plan. Um, and, you know, they're helped a little bit by Tommy Lloyd, your best buddy, being kind of an idiot <laughs> and still not playing Boswell over Kreisa. Uh, because Boswell, uh, like when you're watching this team play, um, and you're looking at all those different guards. Uh, Boswell is the best of them and should be playing 35 minutes a game. He's <laughs> Absolutely. Still, he's still on the bench. He's still only playing 19 minutes a game. But when he comes out there and he's doing his stuff up top and then he takes that that shot, 100% of the time you think that's going in. Like he just looks so composed, so good. Um, and uh, they, they played a lot more confident basketball with him in the game. Um, Carissa was horrible in this game. Um, but for, for UCLA to do what it did against this team and they weren't turning Arizona over with those live ball steals the way, you know, they can, um, it was, they only had, uh, five steals in the game, um, and forced 12 turnovers. That's pretty mediocre by UCLA standards this year. Um, and to still play that level of defense was just astounding. Yeah. Um, and given that you're missing uh, probably the two best defenders on the team. You tr- certainly the two most athletic. It's 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 saying a lot right now. I, I mean, I understand people's perception if you don't know UCLA. And it's just if you know UCLA, you can look around, you can watch Houston or Alabama and you look at the level of athletes, these six, nine guys who are playing above the rim, flying in for rebounds, and you go, oh, my God. I mean, four guys, you know, on the on the court at any given time. Even, like, other teams, the Baylors, the 
the Texases, I, I mean, they are some big time athletes. And if you're watching that, then you go and you look at UCLA first, massively undersized. Yeah. <laughs> Across the board, eh, don't look particularly athletic, really. Um, so if you're, and then you watch and there's no one lighting it up from three, like all the other teams, automatic guys, just, you know, two or three guys, just don't leave them open. They'll knock it down. And then and people don't notice defense as much, which is the way UCLA wins games here. Just, I mean, it's absolutely 100% confirmed that they win games through defense. Before the Arizona game in the final, they were down like 8 to 12 to nothing, you know, 10 nothing, 12 nothing, last three or four games and came back because of their defense. Yep. Um, so it's not, if you're a casual onlooker, you don't, see it so I, I can I can even understand that some people don't get it but there are some guys out people out there that do get it that that recognize you know what Jaime Hawkes and Tiger Campbell the difference that they make um, and it's 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 pretty interesting it's really telling right now the little pundits out there that kind of know what they're looking at and the ones that don't or the ones that are just absolutely biased and saying Duke's going to win the national champion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's it exactly. Um, and I mean, if you were watching this game, I, I, I hate to do this because I, I hate to explain things just in this kind of simplistic way. But the, the reason UCLA lost is that Tiger Campbell missed two open threes. Uh, Jaime Hawkes missed an open mid range jumper. Will McClendon missed an open three. Tiger Campbell missed a free throw and uh, Dylan Andrews missed an open three in the last four minutes of this game. So they got a bunch of open shots and missed them all. And that was the only reason Arizona was even in a position to win this game. Um, Just sometimes you miss a bunch of shots and it's happened twice against Arizona. And I think you can say, well, they had to expend a lot more defensive energy to defend against Arizona. And I think that's true. And that does influence you know, makes and misses, you still don't miss that many open shots that often, even if you are expending that level of energy on defense. So it's sort of like the same thing with the game in Tucson, where I'm kind of like eight times out of 10, they probably win that game, which is a crazy thing to think about a game where, again, they were down Jalen Clark and a Dembona before tip-off. Yeah. Yeah, It <clears throat> and it's such a team like I wrote, what did I write it, Friday? It's a team that you just, it's not hard to root for them or believe in them because of what they represent on the court, what they represent off the court. Uh, you saw, uh, this, everyone saw the story from Selection Sunday. Um, that video of Jaime Hawkes, uh thanking the crowd that was there, giving credit to various people. You know, that was just him walking up with a microphone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he should be a public speaker. Said. But I, I mean, the composure and the maturity, it's its something. I mean, I, I, we're, I'm trying to freeze it a little bit in time, even if they don't win a national championship. And, you know, it's, it's tragic that they've got some guys injured. But you don't see this too often. Maybe we'll see it often because of the kind of culture that Mick Cronin has created at UCLA. We'll see it. Uh, maybe we'll get spoiled and see it a lot. But... You, you should sit back and kind of appreciate 
this kind of stuff. Because there are players out there that you just don't want to – if you were a fan of that team, it would be kind of painful to root for. Yeah. I think yeah. we know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so, and by the way, that video of them finding out where they were seated, I think on Twitter we're at like 140,000 views. Yeah, baby. Fun. You just got the, uh, you got the retweet from Gene Block, I think, recently. I did? Yeah. Oh, Gene. Good old Gene. Gene. Good old Genie Block. My guy, Gene. We love Gene. I had bagels with Gene one time. Gene's a great guy. Yeah. Um, all right, so UCLA now heads to the NCAA tournament. Uh, they were so there was a lot of concern um, going into Sunday that because they lost a literal nail biter against Arizona, down two starters, that uh, the selection committee would take that opportunity to really um, expose their own stupidity and drop UCLA to like a three seed in Boise or something. Um, but instead. Uh, UCLA, I think, was treated pretty much fairly. Uh, got the fifth overall seed, the number two seed in the West. Um, and they will take on UNC Asheville in the first round. Uh, the region is tough. It's the toughest region, but that's kind of... I, I keep having to remind myself that's kind of a meaningless thing to say. It just... What it does is it increases your odds that you're going to play a tough opponent in the Sweet 16 and a tough opponent in the Elite Eight. It increases your odds that there won't be as many upsets um, because Kansas is really good. Um, Gonzaga is really good. UConn's really good. St. Mary's is pretty good. UCLA is pretty good. Uh, they're all in the top 11 in Ken Palm. Um, so the odds that UCLA will have to face a really good team in the Elite Eight, always pretty good, are higher in the West region is the best way of putting it. Um but most importantly, they start with UNC Asheville. Um, looking ahead, at, you did a nice little primer. Um, they're basically – so I don't want to undersell a team in the NCAA tournament, but losing to them would be an absolute travesty. They are the lowest uh, 15 seed in Ken Palm. Um, they haven't beaten – I think their best win was in the opener against UCF on the road uh, on November 7th. Since then – they haven't really played anybody. I mean, it was Dayton and Arkansas, and they got blown out in both of those. And then everyone else is in, like, high 100s or lower in Ken Palm. Like, even their non-conference slate was pretty weak. So they haven't really played anybody. They they shoot a really high percentage from three. They don't shoot that many of them. They're pretty middling. Um, but they shoot a really high percentage from three. That's about a all Very high percentage from three. Yeah. Very high percentage. But, again, they're going up against um, – a lot of teams that feature guys who look like you and me. Uh, did you watch any tape of Pember? Yeah. Uh, that's an imp- This is a great story. I mean, he's from Tennessee. Only D1 offer he gets. Well, only Power 6 offer was from local Tennessee. Plays two seasons. Really doesn't do much. Transfers to Asheville. I mean, that that's a player, though. I mean, that's a guy. I watched, like, almost a full game of him. Uh, UCLA will be able to defend him, but that's a that's the kind of guy UCLA should get a tra- as a transfer, right? It'd be interesting, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, uh, they could defend him. They could defend him small, um, and they'd be okay. Uh, yeah, from my angle. Um, but I don't. I, so yes, could this team get like super lucky and just rock out from three and make this a game? Sure. Uh, 
odds of that happening are extremely low. Uh, UCLA should be able to get the bats done pretty easily. Yes, there's always the one-off chance that they just make 15 threes and make it a game. So, Dave, you filled out a bracket, right? Uh Uh-huh. Where do you got your Bruins going? Uh, All the way to Houston, into the national championship game, beating the hell out of whoever they're playing. Come on. I'm in full homer mode. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. Wait. That's right. Every once in a while, you get possessed by homer T. Bruin. I'm 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 I am so I'm so down the river on that, Tracy. It's not even a question. Um let's just talk about the going back to the Pac 12 tournament. Going into that stupid tournament, they were number two in defense on Ken Palm. You know where they are now? Number one. Number one without Jalen Clark for those three games. So they improved without Jalen Clark. Yes. Which is a lot to do given you have the entire season. So this is uh, right to improve in three games like that. That's a lot. So uh, it's all it's hard to compare apples to apples from season to season in Ken Palm. But this is the highest rated defense UCLA has had since Ken Palm has been keeping records. Yes, that means better than any of the Howland defenses. So relative <laughs> to the competition they're playing, this is the best defense you've ever watched UCLA play. If you started watching in like 2002. Just letting you know. So um, I got them. I mean, you know. Get your tickets to the Final Four. Dave and I have them both in the Final Four. There we go, baby. I got them losing. I have them losing to Houston in the semifinal. There you go. (laughs) Houston is really the only team I'm scared of. Well, we'll see what Sasser's like when he comes back. Yeah, Um, but I, I I think I would put UCLA up against anyone else. I really would love to see them play Alabama in the final. That would be a fun. That would be a fun, fun, fun game. The program that does everything right with like. Poster boys for college basketball with the poster boy for, how should we say it? Um, an accessory? Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then it's not, okay, the worst thing are just everyone who has jumped on board and either ignored it or defended it. Wow. That's shocking and we've already talked well, about what did What did Greg Gumbel say or... Uh, uh, dancing. Whenever through. he starts talking, I don't. I don't hear. If there's something in my brain that just stops. I don't know why. I don't hear Greg Gumbel. Yeah, it's uh, they've like danced through a murder, uh, through some criminal stuff. I don't know. It was. Uh, it was. It was insane. Um, they danced. They've danced their way through the season. They're, like, they're at the big dance yeah. and they danced their way through a murder. <laughs> <laughs> That's some well-written stuff. Oh my god, it's so bad. Um, yeah, so that would be that would be more. Casey Kasem would say, "Tracy, did you write this piece of crap?" No, we're not doing it. It's horrible. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, it's a morally repugnant thing. So we would like. To, I would honestly like to see Alabama lose very early. Uh, I, I don't think they will. But the one thing I'll say about Alabama is their style of play is high, high variance. Uh, they shoot very high. For a team that good, they shoot way too ma- damn many threes, and if they go it's cold, analytics, Dave. It's analytics over a long period of time, but analytics doesn't play as well in a single game because you are prone to variance. So Alabama, if they if they play that style of basketball uh, every season, they're going to win a lot of games, but they're also going to lose some stupid ones. Every they got to go on a, like a North Carolina hot streak yes. during the tournament for they, them to win it. Exactly. They have the style of play of a really, really excellent mid-major um, who, yeah, they can they can beat a couple of teams. But if they, if they go cold, if they go ice cold from three, 
then they, you know, get blown out by Oklahoma on the road. They lose to Tennessee. They get blown out by Connecticut. Like these things happen. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how they end up looking uh, in the second or third round when they actually have to play a real team. So how far are we into this? Like 30 minutes? You know, everyone, all they're doing, they're all, you guys are talking a lot. Can you just give us an update on Dembona? Dembona. A Dembona. (laughs) That's my Dembona music. Um, I like it. While I'm, while I'm talking about a Dembona, could you like sing it in the background? Sure, sure, sure. So um, we haven't heard that much on a Dembona. I do believe UCLA legitimately believes he'll he'll be able to play when he's ready. I'd have to guess, given what I know, I would bet he's not going to play against UNC Asheville. I, 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 you'd have to doubt that. They don't need him. Don't. I wouldn't play him at all. I, I wouldn't play him in that game. And then, frankly, looking at uh, Northwestern and Boise State, I'm not sure I'd play him in that one. Yeah. I mean, he'd be on the bench. Let's say you suddenly get... <laughs> Your other two centers get ten fouls in four minutes. Yeah, have him available for, if he's ready, but yeah, I, I, it, would be, it would be it would be that first break weekend completely without him. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, got any Jalen Clark background music, uh, or is it just the same thing with the change lyrics? Uh, Jalen, let me see what I got. Uh, no, it's more like Jalen Clark. Oh, it's kind of like Man of Clark. Jalen Clark. <laughs> Do you like it? Yeah, that sounded like the uh, from like the Banshees of Isher in that movie. Yeah, to yeah. Me. Um, people actually are holding out some kind of weird hope that he would play in the tournament. I we can all safely say he's he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, they're just, just they're they're not gonna. So I think this actually. I mean, I, I know everyone thought Mick Cronin was being cagey, and to a certain extent, he was. But also, uh, it's guys, it it's it's an actual serious injury, and they want to be cautious with how they report any of this stuff because you know, it's his it's his life and his career that he's got to think about. Yeah. Uh, so you can safely <laughs> rely on the fact that he's not playing the rest of the season. Yeah. I, I think that right now everyone's asking for some kind of prognosis. I would bet they will not be. Uh, we can't tell you the level of tear, but I would bet even most of the doctors will say they don't know when he would return or where he would be projected to getting back on the basketball court. So. Yeah, this is the kind of thing, guys, where we'll probably get an idea from Mick Cronin in August when we have our first media availability for next season, and we'll ask him, hey, when do you expect Jalen Clark to be you know, back in practice? And they might have a timetable by then, would be my guess. So what was the recovery for um, Kevin Durant with his Achilles? Uh, I'm not sure about Durant, um, but I know the the, the – the, the things I've seen for kind of depends on the, again, uh, this is why it's all still uncertain, kind of depends on the grade of the tear and all that kind of stuff, but six to nine months before you're really doing anything again. And I think I think it was Durant or there's someone else who, who came back early and then re-injured it. Too. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, he's got to be, like, super cautious and careful. Like, it, I don't know, and this is, this is just me spitballing, so it doesn't really matter, but I'd sit out all next year if I were him. I'd say you can safely uh, bet that Jalen Clark might be at UCLA for two more years. Yeah, I mean, and and I 
I, I don't know. If if I was being a, a cautious UCLA fan, that's what I would build into my calculations. That he's he's probably out next year. Um, just and I, I think that'd be the right move for him. Don't burn your kind of last audition film on working yourself back into shape in January. You know, uh, just go go be a great fifth year senior and then see what happens. Um. So I don't think I've looked forward as much to an NCAA tournament, even with the injuries, as this one, because it's just this team's so much fun to watch play. And the NCAA tournament, this team's built for it. Like you said, not as big a variance in in play, in efficiency. UCLA is like one of the most efficient, non-variant teams in, well, in the NCAA. Th- so, look, at, look at it this way. UCLA shot really poorly against Arizona, um, which if – if Alabama shoots really poorly like that, they lose by 20. Yeah. UCLA shoots really poorly like that, they lose by two and had the shot to win it at the end. Not high variance. They're not ever getting blown out. Right. So they're built for the tournament. I mean, it's either one of two teams that do well. <coughs> the team gets stupidly hot for six games in North Carolina. Or the team that has less variant results does well because that's what this is built for. And that's based and Bill Walton that's built on defense, but you know, Bill thinks offense wins championships. Um, he should know he won. He won a few. Yeah. Um, so, but if you've got Bill Walton offense wins championships, that's for damn sure. Um, we probably, uh, I was leading towards uh, talking about next season because everyone likes to talk about next season, but should we talk about Amari Bailey's dunk? Okay. Worst call I've ever seen. I think it's amazing how many people have said that on social media. I don't think I've ever seen a one sing, singular call There's that no, has gotten that response. There's like no that. angle from which it looks like a foul. That's the his thing. arm was his his off arm was straight up. Yeah, there's it, you can't call it if your arm's straight up. Well, so if you're right there as the baseline ref was, you see that he's in the restricted area. So if there is a foul. It's it's on the player in the restricted area. Well, we area. don't know that. You know, restricted area, that's – look up – it's kind of hard to know what goes down in that restricted area. Totes. It's, it's about – it's not just an offensive foul. I think it's specific to offensive charging. I, I think players can commit offensive fouls in the restricted area. They just can't commit a charge. Right, right. But if you look at, the, if you look at that baseline ref, he literally signals for the made shot. Like he signals made shot because he's assuming the whistle is for a defensive foul because he's not the one who blew the whistle. Right. So you got that. So from his angle, there's no offensive foul. And he's the one who can actually see what the off arm is doing because he's staring at it. Right. Then you've got the back angle where they show Amari Bailey running down court and he's basically he's got a split defenders. Like there's two defenders on each side. He's coming right down the middle, essentially splitting them. And uh, I think it was Larson. Was it Larson who got underneath him? Yeah. Uh, Larson slides over to his credit and creates the contact. And actually, in my opinion, didn't foul Bailey. Like did not foul. I, it was actually about as good as you can play that. And he I was straight up and him, down. And Larson I respect and him. Down. I respect him for being willing to be dunked on. That was, yeah. you know, that takes some metal. So anyway, he slides over and you know throws his hands up, uh, but Bailey had an open line to the basket. He has every right to take that open line to a basket. So from that angle, you don't see a foul. And then from the side angle they show, you can see his arm 
And for a split second, which Steve Chang actually caught on the camera, it looks like there could have been that, you know, clear out on the arm, but only on a still frame camera. Because if you're watching it in real time, his arm slides past. It doesn't, it, it barely makes contact with the defender. And he dunks on him. It was, it was one of the cleanest I'm dunking on you dunks we've seen since Russell Westbrook was doing it in Westwood. Um, what the hell? I've talked to some people, some coaches, one ref, and they said, with the off arm, you have to really, it's not just contact. There's contact on, on every play going up. I mean, how many times do you see someone go to the basket and there's contact? So it's not based on contact. It's based on an attention with that arm to clear out space and it effectively happening. And he didn't do that. No. <laughs> There was none of that. <clears throat> I, I, I got some inside scoop on this one. I heard Tony Badia apologize to Omari Bailey at halftime. No way. I heard it. No way. I heard it. I heard it. So then if he's feeling like he needs to make up for it, why didn't he get that push-off call on Ramey then? Well, here's the thing is I think they did make up for it almost immediately. Because no, they did. Omari there Bailey traveled calls. like three times on the next three plays. Yeah. And I don't think they were whistling Amari Bailey for a damn thing the rest of that game. Yeah, no, th I think there were some makeup calls. Yeah, because uh, I think I think immediately they knew they messed that up because I think the baseline ref probably talked to Padilla and said, "Yo, dude, that that was not a foul." Pretty uh, pretty significant though, because one thing it, it erases two points. It seems like UCLA was a little stunned because they had maybe their worst defensive trip. Yeah, and Larson right dunked that. dunked right on uh, dunks on them. Nuba. They seemed a little stunned for a while, actually. I mean, there's to me, I, you could call that a four-point turnaround, which is enough to get a win. But I think they were stunned after that a bit. Um, that was a, that was a you know usually you, if you say a, a call really impacted the game, it's like in the last minute or so, a couple of minutes. I think that call really impacted the game because these players live off of emotional moments. That was a hugely emotional moment that was just taken away. So I don't know how he, he could, Padilla could make up for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean he, he he tried. I mean there were I there guess. were several travels Look by Bailey. You, Padilla apologist. I am a Padilla apologist. That's what I am. Everyone I, knows that's that. That's what I believe in it. Um, so anyway, uh, I think the selection committee uh, treated UCLA about fairly. I, I could still make a strong argument they should have been the one in the West, but whatever, it's fine. Um, being the two in the West is about as good as they could have hoped. Um, and do we think, do we really, uh, we've got to admit, Mick Cronin's little grumblings a couple of weeks ago. Might have paid, might have paid. Absolutely. I mean, we're speculating. Absolutely. Because we don't know anyone on that committee because UCLA's athletic director was. Um, I think that absolutely had an impact. Cronin knows bureaucrats because you could have gone either way. They could have been angry and said, no, no, now we're really going to screw UCLA. But I think he knows them for what they are which is sniveling, spineless uh, weaklings who don't want to draw direct criticism from uh, these avenues. So they're like, oh, God, that guy, that guy really lit us up. We need to, we need to just do, do the right thing. And so then they ended up with the two seed in the West. I think it says a lot, actually, that you challenge them, and there was either a couple of different ways you could go. You could say, oh, okay, well, you know, let's, let's give them a little compensation for that. Or... You know, screw him. Yeah. Let's let's double down on this. And they didn't. So yeah. however you want to clear, you know, qualify that. Is it being nice? Is it being wimpy? Spineless. Or sp okay. 
Yeah. You called it then. But yeah. I mean, that was... So uh, what we're saying is Cronin expertly navigated that betting on spinelessness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He absolutely did. Uh, you don't want to mess... You don't want to... Uh, that's where the EQ goes What if in. Mick Cronin found that found the guy that like might have touched or shoved Hep Cronin? That'd have been fun. Would have been a fun time. Fun time in the stands tonight. Dang. <laughs> okay, so wait. I, everyone does want to talk about next year. I personally think it's very, very exciting, the personnel that could happen next year. Uh, I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. But everyone keeps wanting. I like I like I like the arguments on the forum. People want to talk about next season. No, it's one game at a time. They do that thing, or let's just think about this team now. No, no, no. Let all the guys talk. This is what's fun, right? I mean, I'm more of the projected thing than you. You're more of just this season right now. Oh yeah, but no, I think I think this is ridiculous. Ah, no, it's there, not. We gotta let everyone. Think we could talk about their path. To, we could talk Dave. about their path to the final four, but instead, we're gonna talk about whether or not Amari Bailey is coming back next year. Fine. Um, no, I don't even want to talk about that. I want to talk about like potentially Mac Eddie next next year. Let's I think he's gonna be pretty good. I think, uh, given what we've seen in the last week or two, he's going to be pretty good as long as he can. And this is the key for him, because I think his problem is not so much. And this is not me um, uh, being, uh, what's the word? I don't know. I think his problem is more between the ears than anything, um, because he loses focus um, in a way that, I haven't really seen from a lot of these guys because some of them just can't they, they don't execute or they just you know they might mess up a couple of things but he gets taken out of his game a little bit emotionally it seems sometimes where he yeah. he gets a bad call against him and then it snowballs um, yeah I think that's experience Could yeah be. and but there's he's moving so much better in the last two weeks than he was all season he's gotten some rebounds where I went whoa damn he looks more like the freshman at the end that we saw and were pretty impressed with uh, when he came in out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I released a story this morning that they, uh, UCLA has reached out to a transfer for, uh, forward. So they will, they are going to be active in the transfer portal, probably looking for a wing or a wing forward type. Um, so that will be interesting to see what becomes of that. They were obviously going to have to carry Jalen Clark's scholarship up in the air, whether a Dembona or Amari Bailey return up in the air, whether Tiger Campbell returns um, or Ken Nuba. So I'm, I'm kind of, a, I mean, Amari Bailey next year. Wow. What he's been doing the last wow. couple of weeks. Um, Dylan Andrews next year? Yeah. So here's the look of what UCLA is going to be next year is you're going to have – so potentially Tiger Campbell comes back, um, but you're going to have good point guard play, whether it's Dylan Andrews or Tiger Campbell. Um, Amari Bailey's really, for me, very essential for next year for it to be a um, – you know, uh, get back to more or less reload, not rebuild. Um, that's uh, Bailey's kind of essential to that because you can clearly and easily see him stepping into a much, much larger role now that he's had seasoning. Um, and what he's been able to do just with Jalen Clark out makes me think that 
yes, there was some experience, there was some inexperience, all that kind of stuff, but also just spacing and him being such a, um, well, frankly, just such a willing teammate. Uh, I think he was deferring, um, not just to Jaime and Tiger, but also to Jalen Clark. Uh, but what he's been able to do in the last three games, well, this is maybe just what he kind of looks like when he's not doing the deference thing. You know what I like a little bit about this job is that you and I know things. And and I mean, we're pretty good at this too. So that combination, I'll have some friends who are fans early on in the season. They'll go, Amari Bailey, oh my God, he's not a pro. He's, he's not going to really contribute that. And I go, uh, just wait for it. <laughs> I got some texts from people saying, Okay, I guess that's why you do this job, and I'm just a fan. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, um, so thanks, Amari Bailey. And here's the other thing. Um, I can say this. Amari Bailey doesn't care about money. Among all the guys when it comes to NIL, he's the least willing to do NIL things because he doesn't need, he doesn't need the money. Just... Take that into consideration when he's making a decision about uh, going pro. And the thing is, there's a lot of ways. I mean, he's he's become a, a a more sound player over the course of the year. I think he's really taken to the Cronin tutelage. Um, but just, I mean, there's just so many things he's doing. The way he's getting to the line over the last couple of weeks um, and making his foul shots. Uh, he wasn't doing that at the very beginning of the year. He's doing it now. If they can get him back, he's a real, um, you know, he'll 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 suddenly look like, um, you know, a fifteen point a game, sixteen point a game scorer, uh, and they're going to need that. Um, whether Campbell comes back or not, they're going to need that from the off guard or wing forward or whatever position you want to call him. Um, but yeah, so for me, I mean, I, I think Etienne, uh, I'm I'm excited about him. Uh, Amari Bailey, I think, is essential, and then. What do we think about a Dembona? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I've heard I've heard kind of the same, th- not quite the same thing, but if he got enough nil money, he'd stay. And enough means not that much. Yeah, um, enough to but, enough to feel like you're not making a horrible decision for your future. Yeah, um, but I'm telling you, where it's impossible to know now. I mean, given the shoulder, will. It, I mean, he, let's say he's able to play and he's still not 100% during the NCAA tournament. Will he be 100% when he goes to the NBA Combine? I, well, it depends on the grade of the separation, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to consider here. Uh, do, does someone just take him in the late first round based on the athleticism? Maybe. He's what, 6'8 and a half, 6'9 post player. Yep. If he came back, I think he'd he'd make a lot more money as a draftee. Yeah, and if he came back, I mean, again, well, let's just say it this way: Bailey and Bona aren't making; they have enough people around them that they're not making stupid decisions. Uh, well, they could. Everybody can. Make <laughs> There's less decisions. everyone is susceptible to stupid decisions, but they are less susceptible to it. Yeah, and if you're Again, he's a guy that if you compare where he is the last couple of months versus where he was at the very beginning of the season, um, you, you should be very excited about the potential that he could come back. And again, I think that's one where it's – I mean, if you return 
if you returned Amari Bailey and a Dembona and you surround them, like say even Tiger Campbell leaves, but you surround them with, you know, Dylan Andrews, Mac Etienne is a backup post. There's some spots you need to fill, but that is not a bad combination of top end talent. Well, I mean, there would be a tr- spot for a transfer and and maybe another transfer or that international player I was talking about exactly. that they feel that they're doing well with. Yeah. So, and if somehow, and like, I don't want to discount, like, if Jalen Clark's injury is more minor than we are guessing uh, or yes. suspecting, uh, maybe he comes back too during the season. Or from a transfer situation, you would be able to tell transfers, Jalen Clark is just uncertain for the next year. More than we'd have to say, more than likely, he's not returning. Yep. So you've got you've got a two spots that where you can just walk in as the true wing or that wing forward spot. Yep. This is the kind of this is this is the kind of sales job that you can do well in getting transfers. It's really hard to say we're returning all five starters and <laughs> we've got 12 scholarship players, so we really would like you to come to UCLA. Yeah. And I mean, play 8 this, minutes a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, Cronin's not going to tell him you know, like last year year before you're going to complete, compete with Jaime Jaquez or you're going to compete with Tiger Campbell for the starting point guards. It's not going to happen. So, But now he can. Well, and Wings, um, as we always talk about, and it's true in the transfer portal as it is in high school recruiting. Dime a dozen. Easiest thing to get. Dime a dozen. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys who – and there's a – they are the position group that is, I think, uh, mostly uh, dependent on what you have at the other spots. If you've got a really good point guard – your wing play, you, same guy with a bad point guard and a good point guard is going to be f- way different in terms of production. Um, and, you know, Dylan Andrews or Tiger Campbell, take your pick. Uh, they'll be able to elevate some play um, from a variety of different wings. So um, now, let me pose this question. Sure. Let's say Jalen Clark is out for most of the next season, if not all. What would you rather have? An accomplished transfer wing or Tiger Campbell? <laughs> do that again. <laughs> you do that really well. So here's the thing is I'm... I don't do it near as well. Uh, so Tiger, uh, I've got complicated feelings about Tiger's season this year uh, because I think there is an element where he is an older guy who is just kind of... You know, I've done college. I've done this whole experience. And it feels like there's times where he is just bored. Um, and my concern is that he'll be even more bored next year. But there are times when he someone takes is, over a game and he's an absolute stud. There are two things when he takes over a game, and then when you're interviewing him, and people are kind of the questions are coming from an assumption and he's not coming back. And he will be quick to remind, I, you know, I got another year <laughs> of eligibility, you know. And if he wants to stay, I mean, obviously it's great. Um, but for me, I think the be- the bigger need is the wing because Dylan Andrews, I think, is going to be really good as early as next year. But we we are talking about what makes this team different, this current team, is the experience, the maturity, the toughness that comes from Tiger Campbell and Jaime. It would be good to have a point guard. How I mean, it's kind of immeasurable, right? The problem is, so the problem for me is that if you're if you're doing that and you get Tiger Campbell back, 
you've got to get Dylan Andrews on the court more. Um, and so he's going to be – so Tiger would have to play, I don't know, 30 minutes a game and 10 of those off guard so you can get Dylan Andrews 20, playing mostly the point, something like that. Yeah, I, I you know, they've played them together. I, I think it would be a pretty tight rotation between three guards. I don't know if you'd see much. Like Will McClendon or Sebastian Mack probably isn't getting much done. Yeah, and the other piece that would be missing from that team um, and what they might need to get in the transfer portal or um, put McClendon under hypnosis or whatever, they need shooting. You know, Tiger Campbell, if he comes back, he'd be a shooter. But uh, Amari Bailey, he's competent. I don't know that he's going to be a – close to 40% guy next year. I bet he steps up to like 36, 37. Yeah, certainly could be. Um, Again, kind of fill in the Jaime production role, um, which, you know, I think Jaime, if he, if you just isolated his numbers since January, I think he's probably around 36, 37. Um, But it's not, there, there will be that lack of David Singleton um, that they will need to find some shooting. Um, and if that can come from Sebastian Mack or Will McClendon, that'd be great. But if not, that also needs to be a priority when they're looking at filling that three and four spot. If you can get like a gosh, like a, so you, you reload and make the, that wing forward position more of a supplementary, uh, complimentary piece and make that guy like a six, nine shooter. Um, that would be interesting. Um, and make, you know, put more of the primary scoring on the 2-3 with Bailey and whoever. Uh, I can say this. If they do get that international prospect, he's really good. <laughs> he's he's really good. He's, I mean, he's, he's really good like, at the old basketball. Wow. He's, he's good, dude. Yeah. It, I mean, it, he's like a difference-making kind of guy. Yeah. And so if you do that, um, then a lot of this stuff becomes moot because then you've got a, a real – um, linchpin piece. Um, so yeah, I mean, reason to be still pretty excited about next year. Um, again, I I have no idea why we're talking about this when the NCAA tournament is happening. It's in two fun, days. Dave. Good God. Uh, <laughs> Good they're, God. They're 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 gonna beat UNC Asheville probably. Then they've got Northwestern, Boise State. Uh, I, so here's a side note, Tracy. Yes, Dave. People keep talking about Northwestern like they're some good team, like they're dangerous, like you should be worried about them. Please stop. I I, I, I <laughs> saw this on Twitter from a bunch of people, and I can only assume it's because, and it's people posited this, it's because so many journalists went to Northwestern um, and graduated from their stupid school. Sorry, Ben. Um, Sorry, Ben. And, and so they're, because uh, Ben went to Northwestern. Ben Volch. Um, so, but uh, they're not good. Uh, they're they're a seven seed. They're they're favorite. They're they're not the favorite in their opening round game. Boise State is favored to beat them. Um, I think it's just because they're in the Big Ten, maybe. Uh, but they're if you look at their numbers, they are basically glorified ASU, like basically like a a calm version of ASU. They don't a good student version of ASU. Exactly. Uh, they they shoot a ton of threes and don't shoot them well. And they play pretty good defense. That's about it. That's all I got. So if they somehow make it past Boise, UCLA should light them up. Uh, Whether they have a Dembona back or not, 
And then Boise State's actually the one that I'd be a little bit more concerned about, but not particularly. I mean, it's, it's you know, Mountain West level players, and they don't have a lot of height. Uh, UCLA would be equipped to play them small, probably. Um, so, anyway, UCLA should be favored to get to the Sweet 16 with no question about it. And then uh, I'm not... I'm not unconcerned about Gonzaga. Uh, I would I would somewhat hope that they would get knocked off earlier because they have been playing better of late, and I'd be a little bit worried that Gonzaga's in UCLA's head a little bit with uh, first the win in the Final Four and then blowing them out last year uh, in Vegas. Um, they're not the same team. They don't play the same quality of defense, but the ageless Drew Timmy is still there. And I'll by go, ageless, I mean thirty-five-year-old beer-drinking factory worker, Drew, Drew Timmy. I will go with. I'd like to see him play Gonzaga. I think they would be <sighs> very motivated to play Gonzaga. I mean, aren't we all? But man, I just I I, I don't love them against that team. Hey, um, Jaime Alquez, second-team AP All-American. While we've been speaking, who's on the first team? Um, actually. I, that that was my reaction too, but I kind of get it. He was he was leading vote getter on the second team, so he's essentially the number six voted vote getter. All right, so uh, and Drew, you're going. So who would that be? Mm, I get it. I get it. I mean, Drew Time is on the second team. Uh, Tabellus is as well. But let's do the first team. Zach Eady. Okay. Get it. Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana. Okay. Jalen Wilson from Kansas. Okay. 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 That's that's pretty good right there, right? Uh, Brandon Miller, despite the off-court yeah. issues, and Marcus Sasser. I I see all that. I really do. I mean, uh, it's again, it's people who don't watch defense. But okay, fine. That's true. That's true. I mean, but even if you don't watch defense, like someone like Wilson, I mean, 20 points and 11 rebounds, something, or nine rebounds. Yeah, no, I mean, you can make an argument for any of those guys. And Jaime being the leading vote getter on the second team with. I'm I'm stunned he's the number six guy, right? That yeah. like two Bellas didn't get more votes. So I'm giving AP a little bit of credit, even though that, that ranking was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seventh. So there's that. And then. Oh, let's talk about football. Oh, football. Uh, football starts in three weeks. The pro day's tomorrow. That's about it. What do you got, Dave? I'm going to the pro day tomorrow. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Someone said on the forum, someone said, hey, Tracy, Dave, where are you sitting in Sacramento? And I said, well, we sit in you the, know, media the press media seats. And someone says, I'm going to do the voice because I'm picturing what the voice you haven't noticed that Dave doesn't go to the games? Dave. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So Dave does leave his house. Dave does very important work of coverage. I mean, at I've UCLA, got a people. At this point, I've got kind of Piss a bit. I've got kind of a bit going where like I, I I can't go to the home games ever. Like I can still go to an away game every uh, every now and Is then. Is that like a reverse mojo thing you think you I I no, but it's just like I've somehow like danced through the raindrops and have avoided it now for uh good god. Miss Molly. I haven't I, I haven't been to a home football game since 2015. Oh, yeah, but don't don't tell them that. Now they're going to run with this. That's going to be great. It's fine. <laughs> okay, I guess. I go to the practices. It's great. Dave doesn't go 
David doesn't to the go. Games. He doesn't go to the games. He watches <laughs> them from home. You gotta understand, people. It's way uh, easier to write. Oh my god, you guys want our analysis? You want it fast? It, well, it's, I I can't do so. If I if I went to all the games, I wouldn't be able to do the post game broadcast for football, and what? I would have my recaps. It would be the next morning before I would be able to write them. because we'd have to rewatch it. Well, yeah. Watching the game from the press box, it's sucks. The only advantage from being there is you can see a little bit more of DB play, but and everything I, else, everything else is worse. I'm texting you a lot going, Dave, what did they say on the what telecast? What did they say on the is telecast? Is this guy hurt? Is this guy hurt? Because they don't divulge that information to the actual media in the box. Uh, they Why only tell the that? TV people. Why is that? No, you're in this like closed box. It's horrible. Um, no, but they tell they run over to the TV guys in a very enclosed box. Yeah, well, them. yeah. They, they can't they, go four more, well, 20 more feet and tell us. Yeah. So okay, you I've don't get that information. But Bolch and I have had that gripe for a while. You're at a bad angle. You're further away from the field than what the camera is. Um, and you're just not, you don't see it as well. And I mean, you're just, it's, it's just a tougher environment to, to uh, actually kind of get into, okay, who's playing where and how are they doing and all that kind of stuff. Here it is. If you're a bro premium member. You know there's zero chance DW goes to any home game, let alone tourney games. Which thread is this? Travel. Which thread is this? Uh, Tracy Dave. I'm sorry. We're picking on you, and I'm not going to say it because then people jump on you. And I'm sorry. I apologize for picking on you. It was just it was a great post. I'm actually very entertained by it. If you're a pro premium member, you know there's zero chance DW <laughs> goes to any home game, let alone tourney games. He's going to be so mad. We are so getting a PM from this guy. No, Why are you no, he's, on me? he's 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 a friend. He 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 listens to all the podcasts. He's a friend. No, I mean he's just he's oh, a friend of the friend. He's of the a friend site. friend of the show, friend of the site. He's I think he's he's giving some good natured friend uh, of Dorothy. Some good natured ribbing. Okay. Um, yeah. Let alone tourney games that require travel. Let alone tourney games. That require hey, Dave, travel. you went to Vegas last year. I did. No, that's the thing is I go to those sorts of things, but now it's kind of a running joke that I don't do the homes. Okay, so everyone, in the thread for this, Dave, if UCLA goes to the Final Four, he's threatening to go. I'm threatening to go to Should Houston. he go or that's shouldn't he? Real UCLA question. is what, 29 and 5? 29 and 5, and I have attended zero of those. I think everyone needs to vote. And if Dave does go, then you all got to buy us drinks. It's true. Okay. Yeah, there I think go. that's fair. I think that's fair. Or I could go to Houston and not go to the games and just watch them from the hotel room. Uh, 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 yeah, you could do that. You could do that. <laughs> I seen. I mean, there is fun to be had there in the city, but it's true. Who doesn't like? You have Houston? a media pass. It's not like you have to buy a ticket. I was a big fan of when I was a student um, using the media pass to get in and then just sitting in good seats that were left vacant. Yeah, you uh, shouldn't say that right now, Dave. Because I'm not a student anymore. That was like a different human. Think about okay, how many. Think okay. about how many you would cells. Not do that now, would no, you? No, but it's like a fully different human. So many okay. cells have come off my body since then. I am a different person now. How many times do you does your whole epidermis? Um, Ooh, change. How, let's see. And, how often does your epidermis shed replace itself? Yeah. Uh, um, new cells are made in the lower layers and they move to the surface. Uh, how long does it take for the epidermis? Every 27 days? No. <laughs> no way. The outer layer of skin, the epidermis, renews itself roughly 
every 27 days. So once a month. Wow, that's amazing. So we're, I, like, we're like snakes. You're like a new person every 27 days. Wow. That's incredible. Then why do I have all these scars? Um, so Dave... Want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> why do I have these scars? Why do so I have these scars? Dave's going to go to Final Four. Mm-hmm. But NCAA tournament people, he is definitely going to work his ass off. He's not going to use his media pass just to go sit in the stands. Yeah. Well, I, we just want to make that clear because yeah, the no. NCAA is really kind of weird about these. You've got to apply for the first round if you want to go to the final four as a media person. Yeah. No, I'll absolutely do my job to the best of my ability, as I always do. Yes. Okay, good. Great. This is all good. I'm glad we could. Part of that job may involve the sitting listening in the right now. <laughs> <laughs> I would not doubt they're not doing other things that are more important, but listening to this crap, people. <sighs> it's beautiful. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it. Packed show. It was fun. Basketball's, you know, not that football's not. Well, it's fun it's to talk about this season, fun. but it's especially fun to talk about Mac Etienne for the 2023-2024 season. <laughs> you had to go there. <laughs> All right. Okay. For, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David That's Woods, me. Bruno Report Online. We'll talk to you again next time. See you all.